Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Good evening, everyone. This is Friday, February 15th, 2019, and welcome to episode number 627 of the Mothership Broadcast of the WCWS Radio Network right here on TalkShoe.com. This is the one and the only WCWS Revolution. Once again, this is Mr. WCWS Chad Hinshaw back on the line here with you as we get set to talk about our favorite subject of all time, that being, of course, professional wrestling. First off, ladies and gentlemen, we'll bring you the wrestling news and views here segment here for tonight, which will be brought to us by our 2017 Hall of Fame News Tag Team King Ice, represented here tonight by the Iceman, J.D. Jared DiGiolamo. J.D. is a 2015 and 17 WWS Hall of Famer and also part of the team that brings you WWS Raw Radio every Monday afternoon right here on TalkShoe.com. The human suplex machine, John Gross, has not yet arrived here in Tokyo. We're not sure of his whereabouts. In the meantime, here, folks, while we determine that, I will be bringing you today's wrestling history and birthdays. And before we get into the rest of our itinerary for tonight, let's welcome JD in to what should be an extremely explosive and overwhelmingly dynamic episode 627 of Revolution. Be ready for the chamber because same structure is coming. Absolutely, indeed, indeed. And of course, ladies and gentlemen, our live video feed tonight comes to us from AWA US History Lives. If you'd like to check us out for our live video feed here tonight for Revolution Episode 627, you can join us there at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash AWA US History. If you care to join us through talkshoe.com, the phone number as always is 1-605-562-0444. Call ID 138055-POUND to match six numbers. And press that one if you want to chime in on anything and everything that we do have to talk about here tonight. Uh, primarily, of course, in addition to our news and views and history and birthdays, we'll have some uh, additional talk here right before this Sunday's Elimination Chamber. Also, a rundown as to, of course, um, our, our predictions so far for Elimination Chamber. And also a recap of what, the, what six belts are going to be up for grabs here, folks. As as our as our competitors will be as our uh, our of course folks making the predictions are going to be uh, of course are going to have the opportunity to decide which of these belts that they're going to want to pick up here 
because um, everybody will be leaving out of there this Sunday with a title belt. Uh, <clears throat> so that's why officially I, and I'll let you know a little, a little bit more about that here in just a few moments here as we continue, as we go into, of course, a little bit deep, dig deep, dig, dig a little bit deeper, bit, excuse me, tongue tied there. To, there you go. Uh, as we dig a little bit deeper into episode 627 of Revolution here tonight. Let's go ahead and get things underway here with our wrestling news and views segment. And here to bring it to us from King Ice is the Iceman, Jared D. Geronimo. J.D., what's going on here in the wrestling news scene this evening? In spite of recent reports that Batista has been in talks with All Elite Wrestling about an in-ring return, that does not appear, doesn't appear to be the case. The latest Wrestling Observer newsletter by Cage Sites reports that the animal is interested in wrestling with anyone other than WWE. It also noted that a match, however, believe it or not, with Triple H is still possible for this year's WrestleMania, in spite of Triple H's injury calling that into question, however. Meanwhile, however, WWE has already announced the date for next year's Royal Rumble already as they will be returning to Texas for the Rumble in 2020. The company announced Friday, however, that Houston will host the pay-per-view next year, believe it or not, on January 26th, however, 2020, at Minute Maid Park, however. Fans attending this Sunday's Elimination Chamber event at the Toyota Center in Houston will receive a pre-sale offer to buy tickets to the Royal Rumble for the general public. Details on ticket availability will be made soon, however. Janice Berg, CEO of the Harris County Houston Sports Authority, however, said the following. We are thrilled to bring one of WWE's biggest events of 2020 to Minute Maid Park. We look forward to WWE fans from around the world ascending on Houston for the Rumble. The event, which will stream live around the world, however, in the WWE Network, will feature, of course, the 30-man Royal Rumble match, the 30-woman Royal Rumble match, if you will, with winners of both of uh, them, however, receiving championship opportunities at WrestleMania 36, however. Meanwhile, in the latest episode of the Taz Show, a human suplex machine, no, not our own John Gross, but Taz, spoke about fans who think that Dean Ambrose shouldn't be losing his way out of the WWE, claiming that it's, quote, the business. Here are a list of the highlights. On Ambrose's mic work lately, Dean's delivery in his latest segment I saw him on with the Alexa Bliss deal, and when I saw him when he got in Seth and Triple H's face last week, two of the best as far as I've, what I've seen with his mic work in a long time. His performance was awesome, and I think because there's a lot of weight off his chest that he could just be himself. He knows he's gone, and he can perform like he knows how to perform, however. On him leaving WWE, Ambrose did give his notes. It's his business, guys. It's not bleeping playtime. Some of you don't understand. I hate to be an a-hole, but I'm just being blunt. This is business. This is not playtime. This is not, quote, let's make his fans happy. No, it's about making money. It's about getting people over. If you want to leave, you're taking yourself out of the game. Someone has to get over, the, uh, over from the stuff we put into you. It's a cycle, guys. It happens to everybody. On people who lose, however, before they leave a company, however, he said the following. You do honors on the way out the door, period. That's good business. That's how it works. I did it when I left ECW. I did a crap load of jobs, and I'm proud to say it. Paul E. had me losing left and right. Once he knew I was gone, I was thinking, yeah, I lost a lot of matches a lot of times all over the country. And that's how it should be. Was I doing backflips and happy about it? No, but I didn't bitch and complain and whine and all that stuff. I didn't all do, do all that stuff, and Dean is not, from what I understand, he's a pro, a veteran. He understands his business. On those who say Ambrose shouldn't lose on his way out, he said the following. I'm sitting there reading some of the stuff, like, however, basically, and I'm like, are these bleeping people crazy? Really? Are you out of your freaking mind? Do you expect the WWE to have Dean Ambrose look good on the way out the door? That's called doing the honors. That's the business. That's what the business was built upon. When you leave and you go somewhere else, or someplace else, or you just give your notice and you leave, you're leaving on your own terms, you do the freaking job on the way out the door. It's business. It's the right way to do business. 
Anybody who says that Ambrose should lose all his way out of WWE doesn't know the business. They don't. You can read all the dirt sheets, all the bleeping BS online, and all the social media accounts. If you're bitching about a guy that is going to be leaving and he gave notice, and if you're going to be bitching him about the way he's going to be treated as he walks out the door, then you truly don't know anything about the wrestling business. Nothing. That's the right way to do business by WWE and by the right way by Dean, however. Meanwhile, however, in other news, however, we have some news, however, about some other things, however, mind you, and here is the latest, however. With The Undertaker's lack of appearance on WWE TV on the road to WrestleMania and his recent announcement for, quote, StarCast 2, it has left people some wondering what exactly his status in WWE is. In WWE is, however. In the latest edition of Wrestling Observer Radio by Sportscadia, however, Dave Meltzer suggested that The Undertaker may be retired because he's not booked for WrestleMania or planned in for an appearance at the WWE's next show in Saudi Arabia. He said the following, At least as of a week ago, he was not doing either Mania or Saudi Arabia, and obviously WWE can panic and the Saudi Arabia show. If the Prince wants him, they can offer him so much money to do it, but as of a week ago, he was not on either show, so I think he's retired as a wrestler. And let's see, I think we did see one other thing, however, quick, yes. In the latest comments, however, by the troubadour Bob Dylan of the WWE, let's just say, Elias Howard, he spoke with the monitor for a new interview promotion of Elimination Chamber, talked about comparisons to The Rock Howard, and here's some of the comments he made. On his plans for the next couple of months, the road to me is going to be a hard one. On top of that, I need to stand, send a message that WWE stands for Walk with Elias Howard. And on comparisons to The Rock Howard, he said the following, I hear comparisons. He was doing cover songs and doing originals all the time in front of the tens of thousands. That's something The Rock cannot do. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much, sir. Sorry about that, folks. Thank you very much, sir, J.D. Of course, J.D., along with King N.W.O. Gerard T. Smith, is King Ice, your 2017 Hall of Fame Tag Team. They bring you all the news here that's fit to print here in the WWS Radio Network. And, of course, if the news doesn't fit, they always find a way to make it fit. And of course, in GTS's case, Super Blue and Duct Tape, you cannot beat that old fashioned combination. The human suplex machine has not yet made it in, so, ladies and gentlemen, I will be taking care of your wrestling history and birthdays here for today, February the 15th. Let me see here. Let me double check my notes here. Yes, okay, that's right. 33 years ago today, which was put it at 1986, NWA in association with Championship Wrestling from Florida presented NWA Battle of the Belts 2 from the 80 Gram Sports Arena in Orlando, Florida. The show is noted for the debut of the Big Gold Belt, replacing the NWA Dome the Globe Belt that had been in use since 1973. The belt would be used until Ric Flair departed until Ric Flair departed what would become WCW in 1991. The belt had been in Flair's possession for a time after he left the company as collateral for a deposit he put on the belt when he became champion, which was $38,000 total. 25,000 initial deposit plus 13 in accrued interest. Eventually, WCW and Flair settled and the belt was returned. The big gold belt would re represent the NWA World Heavyweight title. WCW had commissioned its own belt by the time the belt was returned until WCW succeeded from the NWA in September, September 1993. WCW kept the big gold belt while NWA got the promotional rights to their heavyweight title. The big gold belt would be the WCW International World Heavyweight title predating WWE's two world title concept by nearly a decade until the championships were unified the following summer. The big gold belt would represent WCW's world title until its demise in 2001. Here are the matches that took place at that event in Florida. Tyree Pride defeated Ron Slinker. 
to retain the NWA Bahamas Championship. Believe it or not, yes, there was a Bahamas Championship. I did not know that. Kendall Wyndham defeated Prince I.K. to retain the NWA Florida Heavyweight title. Danny Brown defeated the White Ninja by DQ to retain the NWA World Junior Heavyweight title. Lex Luger defeated Jesse Barr to win the NWA Southern Heavyweight title. Richard Brody and Wahoo McDaniel fought to a double countout. Kevin Sullivan, Maha Singh, and Mark Lewin, as well as the Road Warriors, Adam Warren Hawk, and Blackjack Mulligan fought to a double countout. And Ric Flair defeated Barry Windham to retain the NWA World Heavyweight title. The bout got a five-star rating from Wrestling Observer Newsletter's Dave Meltzer. Once again, 33 years ago today, 1986, WWF taped the fifth edition of Saturday Night's Main Event from the Veterans Memorial Coliseum in Phoenix, Arizona. Airing not until March the 1st, the show set up the triple main event for WrestleMania 2 and featured the premiere of Hulk Hogan's Real American Video. Here are the matches that took place at this event. Mr. T defeated Cowboy Bob Orton Jr. in a, bo- in a boxing match. Post-match, Roddy Piper attacked Mr. T, setting up the WrestleMania 2 boxing match. King Kong Bundy, King Kong Bundy defeated Steve Gatorwolf. That was his last name, Gatorwolf, yes. Hulk Hogan defeated the Magnificent Morocco by DQ to retain the WWF title. <clears throat> King Kong Bundy interfered and injured Hogan following several avalanche splashes, setting up the steel cage match at WrestleMania 2. The Dream Team, Brutus Beefcake and Greg Valentine, defeated the British Bulldogs, Davey Boy Smith and the Dynamite Kid to retain the tag team titles. The two teams would meet again at WrestleMania 2. The Junkyard Dog defeated Adrian Adonis. And in a post-show dark match, who, of course, a gentleman who passed away earlier this week, Pedro Morales, defeated Bret Hart. Oh, and I do have some breaking news before we continue on, however, real quick. That was a report, however. According to reports just outside of Chicago, Illinois, this afternoon, an employee of a manufacturing company opened fire at its suburban Chicago plant, killing five people and wounding five more officers before he was fatally shot. Police Chief Kristen Zeman told a news conference this evening that the government was 45-year-old Gary Martin and said he was believed to be an employee at the Henry Pratt Company, which makes valves for industrial purposes. In the city about 40 miles west of Chicago, she told reporters that officers arrived within four minutes of receiving reports of the shooting and was fired upon as soon as they entered the 29,000-square-foot manufacturing warehouse. Police said, however, they did not know the gunman's motive, however. Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker said at the news conference just a few moments ago, May God bless the brave law enforcement officials continue to run towards danger. Hospitals repeat are treating at least seven patients from the shooting, though their conditions have not been released. Two of the officers were airlifted to trauma centers in Chicago, and a sixth officer suffered a knee injury. Officials did not say the total number of people injured other than the police officers. Dozens of first responder vehicles converged on the building house the company in Aurora after police received multiple calls about an active shooter shortly after 2.30 this afternoon, 1.30 Chicago time. Several ATF teams also responded to the shooting were at the scene, according to the agency's Chicago spokeswoman, and the FBI said it also responded. John Probst, an employee at the Henry Pratt Company in Aurora, told ABC7 this evening that he ran out of the back door as the shooting unfolded. Probst said he recognized the gunman and that he works for the company. Probst went on to say, what I saw was the guy running down the aisle with a pistol with a laser on it. Probst said he was not hurt by that another colleague was, quote, bleeding pretty bad. It's a shame that mass shootings such as this have become commonplace, however, in our country. It's a shame that a cold and heartless offender would be so selfish as to think he has the right to take an innocent life, said Aurora Mayor Richard C. Irvin just a short time ago. 
Preston's Pharmacy Medical Center, Howard, meanwhile, was streamed two patients, and a third has been transferred to, by helicopter to another hospital, said spokesman Matt Wakeley. Uh, Advocate Good Samaritan Hospital and Advocate Lutheran General Hospital each had a patient from the shooting, said spokesman Katie Elder, however, while Rush Copley Medical Center received three patients from the shooting, and all are being treated for non-threatening life injuries, said sp spokeswoman Courtney Satlick. Meanwhile, the White House said that the president was briefed on the shooting and monitoring the situation as he prepared to depart for a weekend trip to his home in Palm Beach, Florida, earlier this evening. Trump tweeted the following, thanks to his law enforcement officials in Aurora, and offered his condolences to the victims and their families, saying that America is with you. Thank you very much, Sir J.D. That very, very sad situation there, and our thoughts and prayers are with those affected by this horrific, uh, horrific situation here tonight. Let's see, 31 years ago today was printed at 1988. Yes, NWA Association of WCW presented Clash of the Champions 5 St. Valentine's Day Massacre from the CSW Convocation Center in Cleveland, Ohio. Here are the matches that took place here. How are the ducks? Oh, well, I'm sorry. How are the duck was one of them. Oh, is that right? Oh, okay. The Midnight <laughs> Okay. Midnight Express, Bobby Eaton and Stan Lane defeated the Russian Assassins number one and two. Boot Cherie defeated Stephen Casey. Lex Luger defeated the Blackmailer. The Varsity Club, Mike Rotunda and Steve Williams, excuse me. <coughs> no, not that. Defeated the Fantastics, Bobby Fulton and Tommy Rogers to retain the NWA United States Tag Team titles. Ricky Steamboat defeated Bob Bradley. Rick Steiner defeated Rip Morgan. Tenru and the Road Warriors, Animal and Hawk, defeated the Varsity Club. Kevin Sullivan, Mike Rotunda, and Steve Williams <laughs> fought to a, but they fought to a double DQ. Excuse me. Uh, 21 years ago today, put it in 1998, WWF presented No What in Your House 20, No Way Out of Texas, from the Compact Center in Houston, Texas. Speaking of Houston, 16,110 were in attendance, with 188,000 homes watching on pay-per-view. Uh, now, this was the beginning of the process of the WF the In Your House pay-per-view name. They would put the name of the event ahead of the In Your House name for about the next year before doing away with it altogether. Match ratings are from Wrestling's Ray Melter, as recorded in the Internet Wrestling Database. Ratings are out of a possible five stars. Here are the matches that took place. The Headbangers, Mosh and Thrasher, defeated Goldust and Mark Merrow. This received one and a half out of five stars. Taka Mishinoku defeated Pantera to retain the light heavyweight title, 2.25 out of five stars. The Godwins defeated the Quebecers, of course, Jacques and Rougeau, negative 1.25 out of five stars. Justin Bradshaw defeated Jeff Jarrett by DQ in an NWA North American heavyweight title match, 0.5 out of five stars. Ken Shamrock, Ahmed Johnson, and the Disciples of Apocalypse, represented by Chain, Skull, and Eight Ball, Defeated the Nation of Domination, The Rock, Farouk, D'Lo Brown, Kama, and Mark Henry in a War of a Christian match by submission, 2.25 out of 5 stars. Kane defeated Vader, 1.75 out of 5 stars. Steve Austin, Owen Hart, Cactus Jack, and Chainsaw Charlie defeated Triple H, Xavier Vega, who was substituted for Shawn Michaels, and the New Age Outlaws, Billy Gunn and Road Dogg in an unsanctioned tag team match. Three and a half out of five stars. 20, 
41 years ago today, which we put it at, uh, once again, 1990, yes, 1998. Louis Masilo Jr., best known to wrestling fans, Louis Papoli, was found dead in his sleep at his home in Los Angeles. He was just 27. Born February 10, 1971, in San Pedro, California, Basilio trained under Bill Anderson and two men at a wrestling show in the Los Angeles Memorial Sports Arena. He debuted in the WWF in 1988 at just age 17 under the ring name Louis Pocoli and worked and also worked squash matches until 1995. He also spent some time in Mexico, spending three years there. Two of those three years, Louis, Tim Patterson, and Bill Anderson formed a stable known as Los Mercenarios Americanos or the American Mercenaries. The mass Rudos feuded with the Viano family. The feud ended with the with the mercenari- with the mercenaries unmasking in July 1991. The trio disbanded in 1992. McCauley also spent some time on the independent circuit in the United States, including the Herb Abrams version of the UWF, the Interwest Wrestling Federation out of Arizona, and Smoky Mountain Wrestling. He also made several appearances for Frontier Martial Arts Wrestling, but was fired from the company after throwing a bottle of urine out of a bus window. In 1994, he returned to Mexico and joined AAA. He was a part of the Rodrigo's Locos stable with Eddie Guerrero, Conan, and Art Bar. He was he competed as Madonna's boyfriend. He competed in a six-man tag team match at When Worlds Collide in November 1994, the only AAA pay-per-view ever held in the United States. The exposure led Spicoli back to the big leagues. Lewis returned to the WWF in 1995 as grunge fan Rad Radford. His gimmick in part was that was he was the alleged boyfriend of Courtney Love. He had a brief feud with then and, and with and then joined with the Bonnie Donnas. He was kicked out of the group due to his poorly toned physique. He rarely scored a significant win before being released in 1996 after he was found unconscious by a neighbor after he overdosed on soma pills. After being released from intensive care, the WWF released him on a condition that could not work in rival WCW for a year. He struggled with depression and drug abuse during his brief run in ECW in 1996. Initially debuting as a face, he turned heel and feuded with Tommy Dreamer. I discovered that he was negotiating with both WWF and WCW undercover. Paul Heyman fired him. Spicoli would split time with trainer Bill Anderson's Empire Wrestling Federation before signing with WCW in late 1997. He would serve as a lackey for the NWO, specifically Scott Hall in his feud with Larry Zabisco. Spicoli and Zabisco were set to face off at Super Brawl 8, but the bout never took place. Spicoli had stopped using drugs for a time, but relapsed when he found out that his mother was permanently ill with cancer. He overdosed on soma and wine, choking on his own vomit in his sleep. Sadly, he was found dead in his home in Los Angeles on February 15, 1998. That's five days after his 27th birthday. L.A. County investigators found an empty vial of male hormone, testosterone, pain pills, and, and also an anxiety-reducing drug. Michael Manna, best known, of course, as Stevie Richards, wrote a tribute to Spicoli in WWF magazine. Thomas Laughlin, of course, is also known as Tommy Dreamer, would adopt many of Spicoli's moves, including his finisher, the Death Valley Driver. The two-time WWA trios champion was ranked among the 500 best singles wrestlers in the world by Pro Wrestling Illustrated in his final full year alive in 1997. <clears throat> uh, let's see, let's see. Uh, 21 years ago, I'm sorry, 20 years ago today, which would put it at uh, <clears throat> 1999 on Rawls Wharf in Birmingham, Alabama, 
The Rock defeated Mankind in a ladder match to win the WWF title. On the undercard, Shane McMahon and Kane defeated Triple H and X-Pac. With the win, Shane McMahon becomes the WWF European Champion. Fifteen years ago today, which was at 2004 in Tokyo, Japan, Tenzon defeated Tenru in the finals of a one-night tournament to win the IWGP Heavyweight title. The title was vacated 10 days earlier due to injuries suffered by Shinsuke. And as J.D. was mentioned this here earlier, here tonight before we went on the air, 15 years ago today, put it at 2004, WWE presented No Way Out from the Cow Palace in San Francisco, California. About 11,000 were in attendance with 350,000 homes watching on pay-per-view. Here are the matches that took place. In a Sunday Night Heat pre-show match, Tajiri, Akio, and Sakota defeated Billy Kidman, Paul London, and Ultimo Dragon. Rikishi and Scotty Tuhati defeated the Bashams and Shaniqua in an intergender two-on-three handicap match to retain the WWE Tag Team titles. James Noble defeated Nidia in a blindfold match. <clears throat> the world's greatest tag team, Shelton Benjamin and Charlie Haas, defeated Bradshaw and Farouk, the APA. Hardcore Holly defeated Rhino. Chavo Guerrero defeated Rey Mysterio to win the WWE Cruiserweight title. Kurt Angle defeated The Big Show and John Cena by submission in a triple threat match to earn a championship match at WrestleMania 20. And Eddie Guerrero defeated Brock Lesnar to win the WWE title. The win made Guerrero the first Latino-born WWE champion since Pedro Morales in 1971. Ten years ago today, put it at 2009, WWE presented No Way Out from the Key Arena in Seattle, Washington. 11,200 were in attendance with 272,000 homes watching on pay-per-view. In a dark match, Melina defeated Beth Phoenix to retain the women's title. Triple H defeated Edge, Vladimir Kozlov, The Big Show, Jeff Hardy, and The Undertaker in an Elimination Chamber match to win the WWE title. Randy Orton defeated Shane McMahon in a no-holds-barred match. Jack Swagger defeated Finley to retain the ECW title. Shawn Michaels defeated JBL. With the win, Michaels was freed from working for JBL with a full payout and benefits. If JBL had won, he would have become the owner of Michaels' name and likeness. Hmm. Edge and Edge defeated John Cena, Rey Mysterio, Chris Jericho, Mike Knox, and Kane in an elimination chamber match to win the World Heavyweight title. Before the match, Edge jumped Kofi Kingston and took his place in the match. Nine oh, years ago today, one, I can tell you there's an update, however. Coming in Pittsburgh in April, there will be Comic-Con coming to Pittsburgh, however. April 12th to the 14th, and here are some of the people that you will see. Corey Feldman, Rob Schneider, Judge Reinhold, Tom Berenger, Barry Bostwick, Dennis O'Hare, uh, Dwight Mad Dog Schultz, however. Good old JR, Key High Quinn, Short Round himself, however. Characters in the office, including Stanley, Leslie David Baker, Oscar Nunez, uh, Meredith uh, herself, Keith Flannery, Creed Braddon, Brian Baumgartner, a.k.a. Kevin, however, Karen Allen, the world's strongest man, Mark Henry, and Lori Petty, among others. Oh, we can't, that's going to be a big-time event there. Be sure to check that out there, folks. Thank you very much, J.D. <clears throat> In the meantime here, uh, let's see here, nine years ago today, put it at 2010, TNA announced that they would move Impact to Monday night opposite Raw effective March the 8th. Here is the press release. TNA Impact on Spike TV moves to Monday nights beginning March the 8th. Total nonstop action wrestling's flagship series will air live every other week from Universal Studios in Orlando, Florida. 
New York, New York, February 16th, 2010. Excuse me for just one second. <clears throat> oh, pardon me. Excuse me. TNA Impact, Spike TV's highly rated two-hour weekly series, is moving from Thursday nights to Monday nights beginning Monday, March 8th from, at, from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Time. It was announced today by TNA President Dixie Carter and legendary pop culture icon Hulk Hogan at a press conference at the TNA Impact Zone at Universal Studios in Orlando, Florida. TNA Impact will air live on March 8th with subsequent telecasts live every other week. The series features many of the biggest names in wrestling, including Hogan, Ric Flair, Mick Foley, and Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle, as well as the highest young talent in the industry. TNA World Heavyweight Champion, the phenomenal AJ Styles, the Samoan Submission Machine, Samoa Joe, and the Blueprint, Matt Morgan. The first ever Monday live TNA Impact broadcast on Spike TV ran as a three-hour special head-to-head against WWE Raw on Monday, January 4, 2010, and drew a franchise record 2.2 million viewers. Two wrestling companies have not broadcast head-to-head weekly since the Monday Night Wars in the late 1990s between WWE and WCW. On January 4th, wrestling fans showed us they're ready for a new professional wrestling alternative on Monday nights, and we're answering that call. Bringing impact to Mondays is our most exciting movie yet in a year that's already been filled with huge milestones for TNA, said Dixie Carter. Monday nights are now officially the best night of the week to be a fan of professional wrestling. Hogan said, my mantra has been change is coming since partnering with Dixie Carter and TNA Wrestling. This change is great for the business and all fans of professional wrestling will benefit because of it. <clears throat> TNA was never able to recapture the magic of January the 4th where their record rating and viewership of 1.45 rating with 2.2 million viewers led them to get the time slot to begin with. The March 8th episode got only a 0.98 rating, which was lower than what they did before the move, which was 1.1 to 1, which was a 1.1 to a 1.2 rating. The bomb came in late April when an episode got just a 0.5 rating. The mark doomed the Monday night experiment and spiked movie impact back to Thursday in May where ratings return to their pre-Monday night levels. <clears throat> let's see, eight years and three days ago, let's see, which was put at 2011, at a SmackDown taping in San Diego, Edge loses, then regains the World Heavyweight title. I didn't remember, I saw a clip, I saw this clip the other day, as a matter of fact. Edge is stripped of the title at the top of the show by General Manager Vicky Guerrero when Edge used a banned spear in a previous match. Vicky awards the title to Dolph Ziggler, but returning general manager Theodore Long orders a title match between Ziggler and Edge, one in which Edge wins. And also, uh, seven years ago today, which we put it at 2012, WWE announces that WrestleMania 29 would be held at MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey. Let's see. Which will be this year in April. Yeah. And that was talking about WrestleMania 29. Uh, But let's see what we have. Let's see what we have here in terms of our, if we have any wrestling birthdays here today, I'll check that out right now. The day after Valentine's Day here, which by the way, ladies and gentlemen, I hope everyone did have a good uh, Valentine's Day as well. Okay. We have two birthdays, according to my listen, we have two birthdays here to talk about. Happy, let's see. Happy 32nd birthday to Travis Banks and happy 
Happy 28th birthday to former WWE uh, Cruiserweight Champion. I think he's now wrestling in uh, in, uh, in, in on Impact Wrestling. Rich Swan. Yes, he is. So, uh, so happy birthday to both Travis Banks and Rich Swan here today. And there you have for your wrestling history and birthdays here for today. And JD, thank you very much for the wrestling news and views here for tonight. 1605-562-0444. Call ID 138055-POUND. This is, ladies and gentlemen, episode uh, 627 of WWS Revolution for Friday, February 15, 2019. Mr. WWS, Chad Hinshaw, and the Iceman, Jerry Girolamo, coming at you here right now. And I do have, we do, oh, we do have some folks that have popped in on the live video feed from AWA US tonight. Uh, Mr. Matt Hahn Wells, uh, we do welcome him. And I'm hoping that this is a, I'm hoping that this is a girl, her, she, Andy, A-N-D-I, uh, and I'm going to spell this last name, forgive me if I if I mispronounce this, N-A-U-D-Z-U-N-A-S, not Zunas, that's the best way I can pronounce that, my apologies. Also, of course, uh, Mr. Nick Braun, we welcome him. And of course, as uh, ladies and gentlemen, the Empress Anne Marie Rickenbach, of course, 2016 Hall of Famer and a multiple title holder in our trivia championship series, as well as, of course, someone that we do talk about here on the also on the show from time to time. And as of course, uh, and JD does bring this up every every on every on every one of our podcasts, where we're talking about our good friend and the general manager of Heaven Wrestling Federation, Captain Dave Spieler. Please go ahead, JD, with that quick plug. Yes, the Captain Corners Podcast. For all your independent wrestling needs, check out the Captain Corners Podcast. Tell them JD Geisman sent you. Absolutely. And of course, he's got his, his ad out on his plate here lately, here close. So definitely go definitely go on there and and, and uh, listen to what he has to say, support what he's got going on. And uh, like I said, uh, real good friends of WCWS over, over the last few several years. And we, of course, continue to uh, back him up and support him in any way shape or form that we possibly can all right ladies and gentlemen let me go ahead and once again here uh let's get right let's talk about here for just a second here run down what's going on. as far as our predictions for the elimination chamber we did talk about this last night we do have so far lined up here we do have of course the Iceman right here lined up as well as the human suplex machine john gross the heartbreak kid fonzie the empress Anne-Marie rickenbach and Mr. Hulkmania, Bob Ziegler. I did receive an update earlier today uh, that the Black Widow, Michelle Lynn Dodds, is going to take part in this, but she has not given me her predictions yet. So I don't know if she is going to be waiting until tonight or waiting until possibly Sunday to give me those predictions. Uh, she is. She has been given a listing of all the matches and who is going to be involved and as soon as we hear something, we'll keep, we'll keep you informed of this. But we do know, I can officially report that we do have six people that is going to be six participants in our prediction title challenge for this Sunday's Elimination Chamber. So we have six singles belts up, up for grabs. And, of course, let me go ahead and run down what everybody has said here so far for all. Of course, you know, seven matches taking place here this Sunday for uh, Elimination Chamber. First off, I'll talk about the inaugural women's tag team championship elimination chamber match. JD is going with Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. John and Bobby are going with Sasha Banks and Bailey. And Fonzie and Ann are going with uh, <clears throat> let's see. Who did who did I say they were? Who did I say they were? Uh, 
That's right, Nia Jackson to me. That's right. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> the SmackDown tag team title matches. Everybody is going with the Miz and Shane McMahon on that one. The Elimination Chamber for the WWE title. JD, you, John, and Bobby are going with Daniel Bryan to retain. Fonzie is going with Randy Orton to win and is going with AJ Styles to win. The Cruiserweight title match. Everybody except Ann said Buddy Murphy is going to retain. Excuse me. Ann is going to say Akira Tozawa in a very surprise twist. As I said last night, very interesting strategy indeed. We'll have to wait and see how that turns out. <clears throat> of course, the Raw Women's Championship matchup here. Uh, so far, everybody is saying that Ronda Rousey is going to retain. I have a prediction that I have a I have a thought that MLD is going to pick is going to actually pick Ruby Wright because you've heard her say many times on our show she is not a Ronda Rousey fan. So there you go. Uh, the handicap match for the Intercontinental Title. Uh, we've got see JD U and Fonzie are saying that Lashley is going to retain that title, whereas John Ann and Bobby are saying that Finn Balor is going to win it. And as for the match between Braun Strowman and Baron Corbin, uh, <clears throat> let's see, uh, JD, everybody, pretty much everybody except Fonzie is saying that Braun Strowman is going to win that match. Fonzie is going along with Baron Corbin. I think Prater. Fonzie did move. Yeah, I think, I think one reason why I think he said was because that, that I think he's got the, the, the possible factor, the factoring in of, possibly Drew McIntyre making some sort of impact during that match. Um, so there, there you have it there with it so far. And I will find out about MLD's predictions. And unless, unless she plans on bringing it, let us know at our prediction show on Sunday or beforehand, I will keep everybody apprised of that. And I'll be bringing my predictions in on Sunday, ladies and gentlemen, special edition of Revolution. This Sunday at 5 o'clock, we'll be running down all the predictions here for our prediction title challenge. And I'll I'll go into a little bit more in depth detail about of course the about the pay per view itself about who uh, about about each match and everything. Uh, a live video feed will be coming in from WWS News Channel, so be sure to join us here for that this Sunday at five o'clock right here on TalkShoe.com. Uh, also, ladies and gentlemen, I will go ahead and point out the belts that will be up for grabs in this. And this is going to be a very unique twist here. As I said, ladies and gentlemen, that uh, with, uh, and I did, and as I did mention last night, of course, I was going through our list of all the vacant championship belts that we currently have on hand in WCWS. And there is not many tag team or six man tag belts up for grabs right now. Uh, we've been doing that, of course, with all, we've been doing that with all of, uh, we've been doing that with all the pay per views here within the last few months. So what I've decided to do is we have actually a ton of singles belts that do not have an owner right now. So what we I, what I what I have done is I have six titles hit six singles belts, folks, that that our six participants will have the opportunity. They will have the opportunity to choose which one they want to hold. A very unique twist here. We're going to try this. This is an experiment, ladies and gentlemen, for uh, the elimination chamber this weekend. The six singles belts are as are as the following: the NJPWS Junior Heavyweight Championship, the NWA US National Championship, the WCCWS Television Championship, 
the WWF US World Martial Arts Championship. And ladies and gentlemen, these are actual title belts that are either in use now or have not been in use for many, many years. So, but I, I do that out of, we do that out of respect. That's, that's what I mean when we say we try to remember all the rest, every single aspect of, of wrestling history. This is one way we do it, was, is, talk, is mentioning these belts again. Our people don't realize that they actually did, believe it or not. Uh, anyway, the other two belts, the AWA US America's Heavyweight Championship and also the WWWF US United States Championship. So, like I said before, whoever has the most points will get to choose first, and it will go in that order until everybody picks up everybody picks up a championship belt. So, like I said, JD, John, Fonzie, and Bobby and Michelle will have an opportunity to choose which belt. We'll have we'll have the opportunity to choose which belt they want. Like I said, one of the most points. Like I said, will 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 have the opportunity to choose which one they want, and then like I said, the next in line. And of course, if there is a tie, I'll go in that particular order of <clears throat> and we'll, we'll and we will definitely throw that out there here. Uh, we will definitely throw that out here, of course, coming up here ne next week here in the uh, radio network. I'll start bringing it up and starting with, of course, Raw Radio on Monday as to, of course, who as as to who had who had who won overall the, the overall prediction title challenge and give that opportunity. If that person is on Raw Radio, or if not, like I said, we will, of course, go at it from there. So we'll we'll keep everybody informed of that as soon as soon as we possibly can. Okay, so keep in mind of that, there, folks, as we of course go in towards Elimination Chamber on Sunday. Speaking of which, JD, I would like to get talking about these seven matches here. Uh, I know we've already gone through the predictions and everything, but I just I, I would like to do this and kind of pass a little bit of the time here. I'm going to name one of these matches. I would like for you to give like an expert opinion about some of these about these matches that are going to take place on Sunday. I was just thinking about that. Okay, the fir first one here, of course, I like to talk about. I'm just going to go in this order. The elimination chamber for the inaugural women's tag team championship. What's your opinion about how you how you think this match will how this match will turn out for the very first time huh i said what i was at when i asked you to yeah, get I your know. okay but the first match i wanted to talk about was the women's tag team championship elimination chamber match i wanted to get your personal opinion with this being would just be for a debuting championship belt what is your take on this match Uh, sorry. You need me to repeat uh, that again? Yeah, one more time. Sorry, I'm just, I'm, 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 well, I was asking you that to give your opinion about each of these matches that are going to Okay, yeah, 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 okay, yeah, 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 okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, the first one, the first one I wanted to talk about is the one for the inaugural women's tag team championship, with this being the debuting championship belt. Or it had been used in quite a long time. What's your take on how do you think this match will 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 turn out here? Well, hopefully, however, it'll be a good match. I mean, this is like for the first time since like in the late mid eight mid to late eighties. However, they're bringing this back. How I mean, maybe they need something 
to give them a kick start, you know. Like, I mean, they continue to have the same old matches over and over again. Some of them have been new. Some of them have been done before in other companies like NXT, New Japan, Ring of Honor, uh, possibly Impact Tower, in the old WWWF, if you will, as well as WWE, WCW. But uh, hopefully it'll be a big success. Uh, I think it'll be entertaining. Uh, there are some people that shouldn't be in this match, however, that shouldn't be involved. Like I said, the Samoan sisterhood of Tamina and uh, Nia. I just think how sloppy we know Nia is in the ring, however. She is absolutely sluggish. And, uh, of course, it's because of her uncle, Dwayne, if you will, however, which is ridiculous, however, that she's even she's even in the business in the first place, however, like I said, however, it just, I don't know. I mean, to me, she thinks that basically everyone should uh, uh, invite her into the thing, however, like I said, how, hold on a second. Mm-hmm. Sorry about that. Uh, like I said, however, uh, basically, however, she thinks, however, that her crap don't stink, however, and we know about, uh, like I said, she thinks uh, with Tamina teaming up with her cousin, however, niece, whatever, uh, just because she superfies little girl, however, they're going to bulldoze everyone in their wake, however. Well, guess what? They're in for a little rude awakening, however. I mean, the Iconics shouldn't be in there. We know how much, however, uh, like I said, we... Like I said, like I, I mean, they think they're so great here because they're besties and everything. You know, Payne Royce and Billy Kay, and of course, Billy Kay is a kangaroo, and you know how I think about Payne Royce being a little, uh, perturbed little pissant, if you will, however, let's just say. Mandy and Sonya, as much as I hate Mandy, and she's a fake blonde little bimbo bitch, uh, Alexa Bliss wannabe, however, the only one that's going to carry that team is hopefully Sonya Deville and doing really well, and hopefully get behind Sonya. Uh, Sasha and Bailey, we've seen this tired act over and over again, however. It is what it is, but in the end, however, I mean, there could be a surprise on who wins this, but at the same time, however, we might uh, see the same old, same old. You never know. But uh, hopefully it'll go at least 8 to 10, maybe 12 minutes. We'll see how much time they give them. I mean, will they start it out with that, possibly? Yeah, they could, but you never know. We'll have to wait and see. Absolutely. So we'll, have to, we'll definitely watch it carefully. Uh, next up here, of course, uh, we did we did talk about this a little bit. What's the impact that uh, you brought us last time might impact this match? Or your thoughts on the SmackDown tag title match between uh, Shane and The Miz versus The Usos? What's your take on this? This really, I mean, turned around 180 degrees within the last couple of days, however, the way after everything went down with the whole Uso thing, however. Um, I just, I'm tired of Shane and Miz being a team. They're, I mean, they think they're all so great, however, just because they're besties, however, and Shane keeps bragging about, oh, he's the best in the world, he's the best in the world, and basically he's riding the Miz's coattails more and more. Uh, they're going to turn Miz into a face, it seems like, however, and they're, they're doing more and more of that, however, of course, we saw the whole thing with the whole uh, McMiz TV this week, which was so stupid and hokey to begin with, however, mind you. Then you got the Usos. I mean, yeah, the Usos are who they are, we know, because of their legacy. But, I mean, you talk about the other teams, Howard. Where's Sanity been? Like Killian Dane and Eric Young and Alexander Wolf. Where's the Good Brothers been? 
Hell, where's Rusev and Nakamura? You're not putting any of these guys on the show, How You're just pissing all over them and leaving them in the back to basically sit on their hands and knees, however, basically, and just take a number, however, at the counter. I mean, it's it's stupid. It's absolutely moronic and stupid, however. But I do think, however, they're going to start to tease maybe starting after this, however, the tension between Shane and Miz maybe going into Fastlane or Falling fast lane or at fast lane, you never know. I think it'll be okay, but I'm just I'm not entertained by this match. I'm really not. I think this is going to be one of the more boiner matches of the night, and I'm just not really excited about this. This should have been your pre-show match, if you ask me. Really? I agree. Uh, next up here, the Elimination Chamber match for the WWE title. Um, a- any thoughts about this match here? What, the men's match, you mean? Yeah, the WWE title. This this will be good. I think this will be one of the better matches to watch because you've got a guy who's got a hemp weed title. You've got a phenomenal one, however, who is always in the chase. You've got a Viper who can strike from anywhere. We know about Randy. You've got pretty much the MVP of the past week who burned it down, no pun intended, however, due to Seth Rollins, however, by busting his ass, and hopefully he won't go out first in Mr. Boom Man himself, Kofi. You've got the Enigma Warrior, Jeff Hardy, who uh, has got to stay focused, so freaking focused, however, even though... He seems to put his body in the line, and he's just hanging up once and for all. And you got a crazy Samoan uh, Savage and uh, Samoa Joe Howard, who has been up and down for much of the last year or so, and who hopefully will start to get uh, things turned around very quickly and go back to doing what he did back in TNA, and that's being a destroyer. Uh, this could be about 25, 30, 35 minutes. It'll be a good match. But like I said, Howard, last night when I made my predictions, Howard, uh, let Daniel Bryan have this moment of glory for the moment, however. But at the same time, however, he better start watching out because there are going to be some people coming after him down the road, whether it be Ray, Andre, or Mustafa Ali. So, Daniel, enjoy your time while you can because time is running out very soon for you. Let me ask you and one quick thing I want to ask you about that. You brought, you brought up, of course, of, of course, this, this apparently this thing here with this, with this title belt of his. Is this going to start becoming a trend, in your opinion, this belt of his? I hope not, because this is just sending a bad message to the fans, how I feel, because this is just ridiculous that they're going back to the TV-14 Attitude Era rating, how by doing something like by endorsing something like that. I mean, we've always known WWE to be a family show, and yes, sometimes they take it a little too far with this, but I just think how they figured how they'd be watching a lot of stuff on the network and watching all of it. Uh, DVDs and uh, burnt uh, DVDs, however, or maybe watch on VHS tapes, however, on getting ideas. However, I mean, just they're desperate right now. They're very, very desperate, we know, and that's why they did stuff like this. I think this is just absolutely asinine. They would have gone back to this, but they figured, however, they need something to catch fire, and right now it's it's been a very, very mixed bag. Like I said, six weeks ago, Vince said, oh, we're going to shake things up. We're going to let you fans decide what we want to do. We'll let you be the ones in charge. Well, guess what? Some of it has been okay, but not all of it's been okay, however. It's, it continues to be the same lame, stale booking we've seen forever. Certainly, indeed. So, and, of course, like you said, you're hoping that this does not become a... I also said it here, too. I hope all the pray to God they don't sell this thing as a replica title belt, because if they do, I mean, it's not going to really sell that well, in my own personal opinion. No. It's sending a I mean, bad message to the youngsters. It really is. It, it, it is. I mean, why they would want to go this route, I don't know. I mean, the thing about it is both be they're trying to make the whole thing family-oriented, and the thing about it is is that they're kind of hurting themselves here by, by you know, by letting this... 
by letting this this is kind of risky. I guess the best term Very I can come risky. up with it, it is risky because you're like yeah, I said, yeah. it's it's like I mean at first I thought it was like a potato sack and then we found out what it was and it's like, Are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean I don't know. I mean the thing about it is I mean uh, it almost almost kind of like you know whenever you remember when Daniel Bryan was doing the thing here with the Wyatts a while back at at acting all gothic and all that stuff. Well, apparently now this does not seem to be any sort of act. He's actually he's actually uh, um, almost kind of reminds me of, of of the of those old stories about the Hobbit and everything like that. I mean that's what it's almost sound like to me. What's it sound like? Own, you remember, you know the old stories about the Hobbit. Everything like that. Oh, I mean, yeah, 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 to me, Mom, I mean, it just didn't. It just didn't seem right. That all of a sudden he would go back and start acting this this exact opposite way, where in which he was actually just pulling a rib, pulling a rib on the whites and all that. And all of a sudden now he's doing it now. They're pulling a rib on the but fans because they think they're just pulling a rib on the fans because they think this is gonna sell her, and it's not selling at all. It's not really caught on with the fans. I think a lot of people have had very mixed emotions about this so far. I mean, ever since the, when he first took out the new bell and everything like that, it's just, I don't know how much longer they're going to continue this, you know? I agree. So, that, so I, like you said, I hope that it doesn't really stick around for a long because I'm really kind of tired. It's almost like they took like an old potato bag and just simply just cut out a belt out of it. That's what it looks like. I mean, I mean, that, yeah. I mean you probably use the thing for firewood or something, probably after, after Daniel Bryan loses it or something. I don't know. Anyway, next up here, I mean, Mr. Man can take it back to his mansion up in Connecticut. You know, if it gets cold, throw it there in the fire. <laughs> See how long it burns. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's just my opinion. A little smoky. Yeah. It's up the smoke goes out instead of comes in because, oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, that's all I got. So. Yeah. Anyway, next up here, the Cruiserweight title match, Buddy Murphy and Akira Tozawa. Uh, what's your take on the status of the Cruiserweights now with this match going in the Elimination Chamber? Again, we are putting this on the pre-show. Apparently, Vince more and more just does not have faith in his show. I mean, he says, oh, we're going to keep 205 Live active. We're going to keep it exciting because we've got Aiden English now as our new commentator, joining Vic Joseph and Nigel. Okay, you have done nothing with the Cruiserweights at all except have... Buddy Murphy there. You've pissed all over pretty much the other guys who have been given opportunities time and again. Where's the Jack Gallagher's? Where's the Brian Kendrick's? Hell, where's the Tony Nieces? And where's the Sanjay Dutts? You know, are you saving them for the right time to do something big with these guys? Or are you just going to continue to waste them over and over again by having the same old things? You've got rid of Hideo Tom. You should be... I mean, you should be a little miff. You should be. I mean, he couldn't stay healthy, and he tried his best on 205 Live what he could hour after coming up from NXT. But there was a mixed bag on him. You haven't done much with Tony Nese forever in a day. You sent Drew Pepperjack Gulak down to NXT this past week to do a match down there, or a week ago, I think it was. Now, like I said, you haven't done anything with Kendrick. You haven't done anything with Gallagher. You haven't. You keep doing the same thing with uh, Tozawa. I um, mean, Alexander's had his moments in time, however. And the thing is, though, other than that, I mean, who else is out there? I mean, you're going with, the, like, the Lucha House Party with Metalik, uh, Dorado, and Kalisto, however, doing a, a six-person thing every Monday night, doing the Lucha, Lucha, Lucha thing with their little uh, 
both like the uh, pinatas and everything. Like that. It's just, I mean, it's a joke. It's a freaking, freaking joke right now. I would, I would definitely, I definitely, you know, you know, if he didn't have faith in, if he, if he said, if he, you know, if he says he didn't have, uh, um, if he says he has still has faith in, and still wants to keep it going and all that, I mean. You would you would have thought you would have thought by now that he had probably like something a whole lot bigger bigger in mind here than just to. But well, here's one thing that really got me here, and you brought up of course Aiden English. Of course, now I'm doing commentary. Do you think this was one of those cases? Now I'm asked. I'm just going to ask this. Do you think it was one of those cases that Aiden English was probably at some point being considered to be? on um, being been was being considered to be put on the shelf or being given the boot here at some point and he I think he to- was because the whole Rusev thing however started to slow down however for him and really after God's left however they really didn't do a whole heck of a lot with him. Maybe they want to see if he can do something in the Corey Graves commentary role. Maybe he'll bring a little more passion, a little more non comedy role, how like a straightforward serious uh, by the book type role, however, let's see how he handles himself. And from what I've heard so far, he hasn't done too badly. He's done okay. He's still feeling his way around it. And I think he's brought some good stuff, but it's still going to take him a while to feel things around. I mean, right now he should still be thankful he's still employed by WWE at this point. Certainly, I mean, he's he's right now probably one of the lucky ones at least. Like, he's yeah, yeah, I was just going to say that you're 100 percent right. Yes, I agree. Yes, yes. There's not that many of them now. I mean, like you said. What was the most recent one that Tommy decided to leave? I mean, I think it was um, that left. What was it after the Rumble? I think Tommy left. I think what yeah, I Tommy was gone. Uh, uh, who else did they let go? There was another. Um, we heard about the Dean talk. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and there was and, still and there was still another one they did. And of course, like I said, I th- I, th- I think I think what's really sparked this. And before I get to the next one here, I got to bring this up. You know, we've been talking about here, you know, um, you know, that, you know, the Revival was one of those teams, was one that was two of those superstars that, you know, was, that said, well, okay, you're not doing anything with us. You need to just go ahead and just let us go. And so we can go ahead and spread our wings and fly somewhere else. But I think ever since all that started happening, that you started, you started hearing all these things. I mean, right now, the thing with Mike Bennett and Maria was right now kind of a, a rumor because I mean apparently Maria confirmed it but it didn't happen and it's not going on at all. They're sticking around. That, apparently that, Amber, that, was, that was who it was. I was thinking of that yeah. Well talking about Mike and Maria, I mean they came in how Maria came back to WWE thinking along with her husband this time they were gonna do the whole love thing for all and it kind of didn't last very long. I mean it's sort of like what Emma was doing her thing with the whole evolution thing, however, you know, and that really just I mean, it was hyped and hyped and hyped and hyped, and then it was put off to the back burner for all because of injuries and other personal issues. However, outside the squares, they come back. They want to try to see if they can get over the fans again. They thought, oh, okay, we'll get this going again. But then what happened? It only lasted maybe a short time. However, maybe they tried it out on house shows or maybe uh, in non-TV warm-up matches like on main event and superstars, and then it, it got crapped on. it, And the fans just said, what is this? I mean, what are we seeing here? This is this is not what we come to see. How I mean, we want to see something fun. We want to see something energetic and passionate. And right now, I mean, right now they just haven't done anything with either one of them. I'm surprised they're still even around right now. If I'm them, I would start talking with AEW. And you talk about the revival. Like I said, they're like the right. Ascension. 
that's where the tag team division is going on right now. I mean, the tag division just is in, in flux right now. We've said that before. Yes, absolutely. And, and I think one reason why Maria says she, that, they, that, you know, that, was, that was what that was, was nothing more than a rumor, is that you know, she was always looking forward to come, at some point to coming back. WWE, but of course, one thing you got to remember was put on the one reason why some that was put on the back burner. Obviously, what was it? Not too long after they came back, she actually had a ba- she actually had a baby, didn't she? Not too not too I don't long think ago. She's ha- I don't know if she, I, well, I think she announced she was having a baby. I don't think she had it yet, though. I don't think she might have. I don't know. I'm not sure when she was due, but that's one thing. How and that's another thing with um. There was another person who was about to have a baby. There's another person who was having a baby not too long ago. Who was it again? I thought I thought other than Maria, I thought other than Maria, I thought the only other one at the time that was due to have one was Maurice, and she already had hers. I thought. Yeah, Maurice had Monroe, and of course we haven't seen her on TV because they're obviously hyping up their new big season of Miz and Mrs. coming in April. Oh joy! I'm going to be so excited to see this love schmooze fest again with the arrogant little cocky little uh, caca king of Cleveland, Howard, and the French. Uh, woman herself and Monroe Howard and French. Uh, I mean, last year it was, I mean, I, I will admit, I did watch every episode last year. Guilty as charged, okay? I'm not going to say I'm innocent because I did watch every episode. Yes, there were a couple episodes that were funny and there were a couple episodes that were stupid. I mean, it's like Total Bells. We said before, Total Bellas, the Ms. and Mrs. show, however, Total Divas, it's time to just say goodbye. We don't want to see your lives outside of the ring. The whole Bellas thing, look, we look like I said this year, they're going to be coming back to season nine. They got rid of a lot of people this coming year for the ninth year of the Miz and Miss, uh, Total Bellas. I mean, Bree and Nikki aren't going to be gone. Paige isn't going to be gone. You're going to have Ron and Sonya Deville on. You're going to have Naomi, Natty. I don't think uh, there's going to be many people coming up for the ninth season of Total Divas. In fact, um, like I said, Total Bellas, you're still doing their season. You've seen their ratings tank, however, so far this year in season four. But like I said, uh, hold on a second. Let me see. I just wrote this up. Hold on. Yeah. Okay. Total deals. Here you go. Season nine, Howard. Yeah. Like I said, Howard. Like I said, I'm reading right now, Howard. I mean, like I said, Nikki and Brie will be removed so they can focus on their own show, Total Bellas, Howard. But like I said, you got Rhonda. You got Sonya Deville, however. Like I said, Howard. I mean, those are going to be the newbies for this coming year, however. Like I said, Howard. Plus, you're going to have stupid Carmel, the Jersey Shore whore wannabe. Natty, Naomi, do you want Nia Jax back on that show? No, you don't. Get rid of her. I mean, you're not gonna have uh, you're gonna have Rusev, you're gonna have Nikki and Bree gone because they want to focus on their own season of Total Bellas. You don't have Rusev and Lana, who were supposed to get a spinoff. However, I think, however, and they talked about it. I guess with Kevin Dunn, who is also the executive producer of the show. However, like I said, it says WWE stars had to replace Rusev and Lana. But yeah, you're not gonna have Paige who, of course, is hyping up her new movie, which, by the way, I think it was out either and premiered in some areas last night or tonight, or this coming weekend, mind you. Then you got Rusev and Lana. They were talking about doing their own spinoff show, I think, and they talked with, I think, Kevin Dunn or a couple of um, producers of uh, both Total Bells and Total Divas, which I believe are the same, however, and Kevin Dunn or a couple other producers, maybe, however, or possibly Nikki and Bree, and said, we want our own show. And they thought about it, and they thought about it, and they said, no, we can't do that. So now you're going to have Rhonda, Sonia, Natty, Naomi. Natty and Naomi are fine. Don't get me wrong. That's fine. you got Rhonda and Sonia Deville. I don't know how Rhonda's going to 
prepare herself in this because we saw her act, of course, before, and of course that was from the Entourage movie. Sonya is going to be interesting to see what her. I mean, we know about Sonya's outside history, however, when she came out. However, that's going to be a big test for fans to see how uh, fans will, react, will be reacting to what her lifestyle is like. However, because apparently, like I said, since she came out, a lot of people are in support of her. Some people aren't, and again, opinions vary. But like I said, you're going to have Ronda's life now being subjected to more stuff, however, besides that being uh, what we've seen before in the square circle. We've heard a lot of that over the years. You're going to have Nia back in the spotlight again, which is ridiculous. And then you got, of course, the one who should have been uh, off the show. I mean, I'm glad they didn't put her on this year, but they're bringing her back again this coming year for Season 9 after she didn't do anything in Season 7. And that's the Jersey Shore big gum-chewing, uh, flapping little one, however. The one who, of course, always thinks it's time to do a dance break, and that's Archie's girlfriend, if you will, and former girlfriend of Big Cass, if you will, the Jersey Shore whore wannabe Carmella. Do we really want to see her on TV? No, we don't. I'm sorry, we don't. And like I said, you're not going to have Nikki and Brie on. You're not going to have Rusev and Lana, however, because, I mean, yeah, there were some funny moments a little bit here and there of Rusev and Lana, and we all know there were some serious moments. Same with Paige, and the same with the Bells, but it's just... I don't know why E wants to continue to do this for the ninth year. They're going to bring up another, like I said, do another season. They've done a, this is the, they'll be doing their ninth year coming up, and I just think it's stupid that you're doing it. You know why? Certainly, I would agree. I trust me, I agree to 110 percent there. I I'm not a big fan of the reality stuff anyway, so I mean I I've never. I mean, I want it, some, so, not a lot, but some's okay. I mean, not a lot, but some. I mean. You only go so far with it, you know? Yeah, I would agree with that. I would. And speaking of the ladies right there, we're going to go to the next one here to get your uh, take here, uh, J.D., on the next one here. The Raw Women's title match for this Sunday. Ronda Rousey going up against Ruby Wright. What What's your take on, on this match? Well, the big question is, will Charlotte and Becky be there? That's the thing. Becky probably will show up in some capacity. If not, however, you can bet she'll be there again on Monday night, however, in Lafayette or Tuesday in New Orleans. If not, then next week for sure when Ric Flair has his big celebration, however, and then Becky makes it a total, uh, just, just really finds a way to raise some hell in Hotlanta before they go to uh, Charlotte Howard on Tuesday because the next few weeks are going to be interesting to see what happens especially after what happened this past Monday uh, you know Charlotte's going to be there watching of course uh, to see how Ronda will fare of course and she's been in the ring with Ronda before Becky has not had a chance to see been one on one with Ronda yet however uh, we could see a big brawl in sewer we could see Becky being subject to be taken out of the arena by uh, security however I'm sure Stephanie and uh, uh, Hunter and Vince Howard will be nothing more than arrogant little bitches because that's all there are about money-driven, like the, the, the Corleone family, the Godfather, no pun intended, Howard. It's not personal, it's just business. Well, guess what? We're tired of hearing the same old excuse over and over again with the, you three using that excuse saying, oh, we're doing just the right, we're doing the right thing. Everything's uh, about the business. Everything's about the business. No. You better start pleasing your fan base more before you worry about your stupid little business. Seriously. I mean, really, in all honesty, you better start focusing right now that right now at this point in time, you are pissing the fans off more and more, however, with your shenanigans. So you better come up with an idea on how this match will go. I think it will be okay, but it's not going to be really super, if you ask me. And I think a lot of people, like I said, are going to be keen to see if Becky or Ronda, Ronda, like I said, Becky and Charlotte are going to, find a way to get involved in this somehow. If they don't, however, like I said, you're going to see it very soon down the road happen. 
I definitely agree. I mean, this could be a good lead up here. And I'm going to say, make this, I'm going to make this one point public. I'm, I've said this a couple of times. And I've said this to a couple of people. I don't know if I've told you, but I'm going to go ahead and say it right here and right sure. My personal opinion here is I think all of this situation, I mean, I mean not just necessarily Ronda Rousey, of course, it's, it's, it's dealing with, of course, I'm sure the Raw Women's Championship pretty much. But, of course, you got to focus on the other two players in this game, and that is, of course, I'm sorry, excuse me, and that's, of course, Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch. Yeah. I think what all this is, and this is not, now I'm saying this as a personal opinion. I'm not saying this to be, I'm not saying this because it's the truth. I'm saying it because it's my opinion. This is probably obviously going to be some sort of big lead up to what the ultimate thing is going to probably happen at WrestleMania, and that is I feel more and more about this station every time I think about this match, about this situation, that WrestleMania is going to be a triple threat match for that title, and it's going to be Ronda, it is. Charlotte. There's no doubt about it. There's no doubt I mean, about that. Going to be it. And, and they're just now just all they're simply doing is hyping all this up, trying to give it up as much build as they possibly can, because they know, like I said, if they don't build it up now, then you know the, the match is the match is not going to be worth a hill of beans coming up here coming up here of course in april so i mean you know they gotta do something now and they gotta do something unique because if they don't it's it's just going to be it's just it's just not going to work out so no i agree i agree that's my personal opinion so next up here of course and this is a very unique match up here jd and i got definitely get your opinion on this one here the handicap match for the ic title Lashley and Leo Rush both, I guess, involved in defending this title against Finn Balor. What's your take on this? Well, you take a look at Bobby, however. I mean, Bobby is a brute, no doubt about, but he has to have his little boyfriend, if you will, hold his hand for him at every turn, however, and that is lethargic Leo Rush, however, who is the biggest old pissant, Terrell Owens, Gary Coleman, 1979, 2019-20 wannabe, who basically thinks he is all that and then somehow. Leo Rush is an absolute terrible wrestler. He can't talk. He can't wrestle. All he does is run his mouth and hype up his hype, man, time and time again. Bobby has been really, been, I would say, one of the few big names that has done okay, but since the Roman thing, however, what has he done? You know, what has he done since last summer, however, that has been earth-shattering? I mean, okay, yes, we know he was in that tournament, of course, in Saudi Arabia. Yes, we know, of course, however, he had, of course, a chance in the Rumble to pull off some things, but he didn't do all that bad. I mean, he did okay, let's just say. But now, of course, he has to have his boyfriends also, not with only Leo Rush holding his hand for him, but he has to have people basically kissing his ass, have people buttering up to him, or basically people being pals with him. In this case, Drew, of course, and of course, Coxstain Corbin, however, which oh, I'll get into, we'll talk about that in a few minutes. Uh, Finn right now is just like the club, you know, he's been hot and cold at times. There's few weeks he's been hot, and there's some weeks he's been really put back down in, into the freezer, if you will, however. I mean, he's been like, a, a sort of like surfacing, not surfacing, surfacing, 
surfacing knot, up and down, up and down, like a yo-yo. If they really want to start doing something with Finn, because they really haven't done anything with a lot, this would be the start of something big, if they can get something behind him. Because right now, Finn is like his brothers, Gallows and Anderson. I mean, I'm surprised at this point Finn has just not gone up to Vince and said, yeah, you've had me do this for a while, however, but I was an NXT two-time champion, everything like that, however, if you keep doing this to me, then why should I stay? You know, why can't I go back to Japan and be with my brothers? Why can't me and my brothers just get our releases right now and go to AEW, you know? Um, this should be okay, but we know what I've said before, how I think the only thing that's holding Bobby back more and more, and I've said this before, and you guys will agree to this, again, opinions vary, you guys can do the same thing. I just think the thing that's holding Bobby back right now is he needs to branch out on his own. He doesn't need to talk. He needs to dominate like he's only like he's been known to do. But no, he has to have his boyfriend continue to sing his praises and say, look at his abs, look at his chest, Howard. look at uh, the glutes on him. Okay, we know basically you have your head sniffing his ass. We know you like to blow him and basically smack his ass and suck his ass every chance you can, Leo Rush. We know you're his boy, bitch boy, if you will. But enough is enough. I think it's time for Bobby to branch on his own. Hopefully it'll happen before me or after me. Because if not, how, then what was the point of bringing Bobby Lashley back? Other than just to bury him. Indeed. I mean, like I said, Bobby Lashley is a top-notch competitor. competitor. He always was, even with his first run in WWE, he was always top-notch. Yeah. You know, he, he, I mean, he, he picked up, what was it, U.S. title? The 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 revamped version of the ECW title, even though it was he's still the older belt, but still he did hold it. Um, you know, a great, you know, a, a unique superstar. Of course, did wrestle. Of course, did do the uh, MMA thing. He did wrestle on Impact for a little bit. I mean, the thing is that and he, first and class. He was okay in MMA, and he was a big name in Impact, but like, and he was good in WWE too. But there were times how you thought he could have done just a little bit better. You know. Well, absolutely. I mean, of course he could have. But like I said, there's, or just there's a lot of them. Like I said, that they wanted to, to focus on a lot more, a lot more than him. And I'm sure that's that's one thing right there. You know why probably he didn't get that much of a break anywhere else. And like I said, that he was probably the only one, in my personal opinion, that really gave him a real good opportunity. His biggest moment, my own personal opinion, still has got to be back in '07, the Battle of the Billionaires. You know him and against. The late Umaga, of course, him representing Donald Trump, who of course, right uh, I, okay, who of course, unfortunately, is our president so now. So, so there you have it there. And, and while we wait for JD to come back, we're talking talk about here, of course, our last part here of um, <clears throat> talk about this last match here for this Sunday's Elimination Chamber. You bring in this phone number one more time. One six zero five five six two zero four four four. Call ID one three eight zero five five pound. This is episode six hundred and twenty seven of WCWS Revolution, of course, for Friday, February fifteenth, two thousand and nineteen. Mister WCWS Chad Hinshaw, and of course the Iceman Jared Gavalmo here with you. Uh, I do also happen to notice here on the line here, folks, uh, that we do have, of course, now incoming in here for episode six twenty seven tonight is uh, our own human suplex machine john gross john of course as we always said is a 2000 is the the first 2016 wws hall of famer and also a multiple title holder well he has he does hold multiple titles here in wws but he's also of course part of the team that brings you raw radio every monday afternoon right here on talkshoot.com john we welcome you sir to number 627 of revolution good to have you on here 
here with uh, with us here tonight <clears throat> as well. Uh, just also a reminder here, folks, don't forget tomorrow uh, we have an action-packed night. First of all, at 6 o'clock, don't forget WWS Power Hour, 141-364-POUND. Uh, as we will talk about, of course, tomorrow's wrestling history and birthdays, plus a rundown of what took place here in the radio network this week. Plus also some wrestling news tidbits, courtesy of our friends at 411 Mania. Be sure to listen in at 6 o'clock tomorrow evening right here on TalkShoe 141-364-POUND. And then also, folks, don't forget at 9 o'clock, ladies and gentlemen, part two of, of course, a match we started last last week, um, of course, from, on Wrestling Championship Challenge. It'll be, of course, the Iceman, Jared DiGirolamo, going into round two, defending the ECWS FTW heavyweight title against the Empress, Anne-Marie Rickenbach. Uh, right now, as it stands from our from our first first half of our matchup, that the Iceman is currently leading by 1,100 points. But of course, that could that could change going in towards, uh, of course, to, uh, tomorrow night here. Of course, with our second with our second round, that round, that right there will determine, of course, who would be walking out of there, walking out of our studio tomorrow with the ECWS FTW Heavyweight Championship. <clears throat> so be sure to listen in here tonight, tomorrow night from nine to eleven. Uh, 146-507-POUND for our next edition of Wrestling Championship Challenge. And also one more time at 5 o'clock, don't forget this Sunday, our special edition of Revolution, uh, 138-055-POUND. We'll have our thoughts and opinions here, of course. On uh, We'll have some more predictions in for, of course, Elimination Chamber. Plus also, of course, we'll have uh, we'll have some other talk here, of course, about anything else going on here in wrestling. And also for our live video feed coming in from WWS News Channel coming up here this Sunday at 5 o'clock right here on TalkShoe, 138-055-POUND. <laughs> but we won't have that. I'm sorry about that. Excuse me. <laughs> um, but uh, John, while we have you on the line, while we have you on, on here, bud, um, we, were, we, of course, now are down to one more match that J.D. and I have been talking about here by Elimination Chamber. Uh, just recapping with, of course, all the Elimination Chamber matches taking place, of course, one for the women's the inaugural Women's Tag Team Championship, uh, also the WWE Championship Elimination Chamber. Also, of course, talking about the other matches here for the SmackDown Tag Titles, the Cruiserweight title, the Raw Women's title, and the IC title, as well as the, net, the final match I'm going to talk about here in just a few moments. Anything in particular, Bud, you would like to bring up about your, your thoughts about how do you think these matches will go this Sunday? John says he believes that the Elimination Chamber tag team match is going to turn out well. We're going to have to wait and see it and see how the uh, the women's tag team title chamber match will be. John says, anyway, of course, like I said, John did, is, is emphasizing that he is taking Sasha Banks and Bailey to pick 
pick up the win in the women's tag team title elimination chamber match. <clears throat> Okay, let's see here. John says it also, John says as much as he likes to see Finn win the IC title, please Lashley and Leo Rush are going to screw him over like always. Also, but the chamber match with the WWE title is going to be interesting. John's interested to see if Kofi's going to pull off another performance like he did this past Tuesday night. John hopes that the chamber will be good. We'll just, to, we'll just have to wait and see what happens. John, I definitely, John, I agree with that. Uh, so we just have to watch and see what happens. Uh, JD, are you back with us, sir? He has not yet. He's not yet arrived back here. Uh, <clears throat> let's see here. Um, Okay, I'm back. Okay, there he, there he is. Uh, uh, we'll go ahead and take JD while you were gone. John has appeared on the uh, has appeared on the uh, appeared on the chat box. He's here here with us now. Uh, he, he's given me his take on some of the matches that we've talked about here so far. We got one more match to talk about here uh, to get to get both of y'all. I'll get both of y'all's opinions on this one here, and that's the no DQ match pitting Braun Strowman versus. Your friend and mine, Baron Corbin. J.D., your thoughts, <laughs> Tick, 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 tick. The clock's running on your, uh, let's just say, you're basically uh, running on fumes, Mr. Corbin. You still think, however, you're the general manager, and everyone should basically uh, give you uh, respect to you, and everyone should give you the admiration you deserve. Well, last I heard, however, I heard you were basically doing a rub and tug in the lock with just about everyone, however, including your boy, however, Triple H, however, who basically, along with Corey Graves, is giving you more than rubs and tugs, however, let's just say. Well, you think, Corbin, you're going to have all the help in the world from your boys, Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre, save you, even though this is no DQ. Well, guess what, Howard? You're in for a rude awakening. You might as well get some crutches. You might as well get a wheelchair. And you might as well just retire that stupid Friday's vest that you wear over and over again repeatedly every week because you are uh, totally look like a total Lex Luthor jackass tool. So, Braun is going to get those hands. He's going to use your head like a basketball or a football. Maybe punt it all over the Toyota Center. Maybe possibly even dunk it into the uh, basket tower at the uh, or Toyota Center, I should say. And then maybe punt it or maybe chuck it all over NRG Stadium, not far, which I believe is next door, pretty close to it, however. You'll be spending the rest of your evening, Sunday night into Monday, however, at a Houston medical facility, however, whether it's Houston General Hospital or some 
big hospital, a little hospital in Houston, because Braun is just going to show no mercy on you unless you find a way to pull one out of your ass and basically have to have your boyfriends help you and save your ass along with your friend Corey Grace. So guess what? The clock is running, Mr. Corbin. Time is up, and it says you're going down. And believe me, it's not going to be very pretty when it's all said and done. Mm-hmm. Uh, first off, I'll say on the first person level, D, I do agree with that. <laughs> John says here, Corbin's going to need an ambulance this Sunday night after Stroman will be through with him. John takes that back. Stroman is going to shatter with the rest of Corbin's bones. And better yet, he'll probably poop on it, too. Oh, okay. <laughs> so uh, we'll just we'll just find a way to see, like I said here, here what happens here. Of course, by everybody, like I said, except for, like I said, the heartbreak kid, Fonzie, has chosen Stroman to win. Uh, Fonzie has feels that with the fact that Corbin may end up having uh may have having Drew Drew McIntyre in his corner that Corbin might probably stand a chance. But I mean uh and John says then hopefully there'll be a, a, a Baron Corbin still on the menu in a Houston restaurant with, with the heads and with the heads and shoulders and knees as well and probably have it deep fried to the sea. Oh my lord. Oh John John is getting very graphic there. <laughs> yeah. So, so there, there, there you have it, there, folks. There's our opinions here from both JD and John here tonight about our about what will take place this Sunday at Elimination Chamber. Is um, all in all, like I said, it's going it's it's going to look good on paper here, folks. Uh, but like I said, we the only way we're going to find out whether or not this show is going to be successful is that if, of course, you get a chance to watch it on the WWE Network, as always. So. We'll have to wait and see what all happens with it here, folks. So, of course, John says, also, you can send the rest of Corbin's body to the bottom of the ocean straight to the Gulf of Mexico. Oh, jeez. Oh, talk about graphic. Oh, jeez. Okay. Well, in the meantime here, guys, we've got about, uh, uh, let's see, about 15 minutes before we, uh, before we close up shop here tonight. Uh, well. Let's see. With, of course, Elimination Chamber coming up here this weekend, uh, John was on the right track with this last night on Wolfpack. I say we just go ahead and do a little bit more of these, and I will give the surveys here a little bit of a rest here until next week. How about, once again, we, we once again come out, as, as myself and Gerard, we always used to call it, the old standby. And that is, of course, obviously the wicked and wild fantasy matchups. All right. Okay. Uh, so, uh, John, be thinking of some matchups here, and uh, and JD, and John says, "Yay, yay, 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 yay." Okay. I know, John. You only said it four times, but I've just picked three. Okay. Let's. Okay. Let's see. Okay, I I gotta go with this one for John first. I gotta say this one for this. This is pretty good. This is pretty good. Baron Corbin versus the Undertaker in a buried alive match. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh yes, <laughs> uh, this oh, is I gonna like be a this one. Hey, John, this is a no-brainer. But who do you pick to win? <laughs> yeah, really, I mean, this is definitely a no-brainer. This is, yeah. 
John says it's a no-brainer. He's saying The Undertaker. Whoa, not a bad man. Not a bad run there. Uh, JD, uh, do I even need to ask? No, you don't, <laughs> because it's not going to be pretty. And I agree with you as well. No, yeah, that's and that's and that that's that's uh, that would probably be a, that would, if Corbin was ever ever able to pull something like that off out of his hat, man, then like I said, that would be. I mean, he can go and be he would be out there gloating and boasting and bragging all pretty much for the rest of his life. Of course, uh, but but there but he won't have that chance. Um, all right, JD, um, please go ahead. Choose, please go ahead and choose the next one. All right, I'm going to go with a good one here. I'm going to say it will be. Ooh. All right, let's go with this one. I'm thinking here. I'm thinking here. All right, Bruno San Martino in the ring against. Well, for, actually, let's make it interesting. A tag match. Bruno and Kurt Angle teaming up, if you will. However, we'll team up to take on McIntyre and Bobby Lashley. Oh, bringing in a legend and the two two legends versus uh, two young studs. I see. Mm-hmm. Hmm, very interesting. John's going with, of course, the Pittsburgh boys, Angle and San Martino. Uh, JD, I think I'm. Yep, I think I'm, I'm, saying, I'm, I'm saying the same. It's going to be a tough one, but I'm going to go the same way. Yep. Okay, and I'm going to say the same thing as well. <clears throat> and um, okay, let's see here. Let's see here. Mm, let's see. No, 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 no. Oh, we got some. Oh boy. Okay. Uh. Oh gosh, 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 <laughs> we probably, if we have, it's probably been a long time since we've done this. I'm gonna do this one. I'm gonna say a mixed tag team match, hitting Jim the Anvil Nightheart with his daughter Natalia versus Ric Flair and Charlotte. Oh, that's a good one. JD. I want to say Flair and Charlotte. Oh, okay. John, uh, Jim Neidhart and Natalia versus uh, Rick Flair and Charlotte. Well, he's coming up with his answer. I'm going to say... No, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with a what Mike might, might, in a way, kind of be considered an underdog. I'm gonna say Nightheart and Natalia. And believe it or not, John is going to also say the same thing. Yeah, that sounds about right. Sounds about right. Uh, <clears throat> good one. Good one. Good one. Uh, good matches so far, guys. We've got plenty of time here. John's got another one up here. Uh, some of that sense, of course, will be with Elimination Chamber this Sunday being in Texas. He is going to have at the WCCW Arena, 
Ooh, okay. A Texas death match between two great Texans. Uh, between uh, the matches, Kerry Von Erich versus Terry Funk. Ooh, 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 ooh. I like this. I John, like who, do you, going. who do you pick to win this, John? John says this match can go 30 35 minutes long, and he thinks Terry Funk will win. JD, what you think here, bud? This will go 40 45 minutes, and it'll be an intense battle. But at the end of the night, however, it will be the modern day warrior. I'm kind of tossed here because this is going to be two two great competitors. Like JD, as John says, two great Texas, two great uh, superstars in the great state of Texas, of course. That's bred some of the best in the business, I think, in my personal opinion. Um, you know, I got to also say, oh, gosh. You know, I got to I gotta also say, I got to say Kerry Von Erich, too. But this is, I think this would be, I think this would be a dynamite matchup here. Indeed. All right, J.D., you're up next, but let's see what you got. <clears throat> okay. We will go with, uh, think here, let me think here. I just had it too. Okay. We'll go with this one. How about, uh, you tell about, you want a match, however, this is going to be a very entertaining match, however. Uh, go with a, uh, let's just say, ooh, this is going to be tricky. Okay, let's go with Atlanta Street Fight this time. You want, uh, states, we're going to go to cities this time. We're going to go to the last street fight tower. It will be... Uh, let's see. Who do I want to put in the Atlanta street fight? Okay. Uh, let's go with Magnum TA versus Nikita Koloff. Nikita Koloff versus who? Please tell me one more time. I Magnum TA. Versus Magnum TA. Yeah, but Magnum TA versus who? Nikita Koloff. Oh, Nikita Koloff. Oh, okay, you said that. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> uh, John's going with Magnum TA on this. Uh, JD, your thoughts here? Who do you think will pull it off? Yeah, I'll go the same. You know what? I'm going to say, I will do the same thing. I will also say Magnum as well. Uh... Let's see here. Um, well, let me let me let me think here while I uh, let me see here. I'm doing something to uh, uh, helps me think here while I'm. Uh, oh gosh. Uh, <clears throat> Um, let's see, let's see. This would have been kind of, this would have been kind of interesting to see. And I know how this young man's family and this one superstar, you know, really, <clears throat> really kind of, uh, 
gel to gel together, especially during during the days here in uh, in uh, WCW and everything. I got and, and if it, I don't think it ever happened, but I would have loved to have seen it if it did. I'm gonna I'll get right down to it here. Let's see what is it? Uh, oh yeah, DDP versus Cody Rhodes. What's your take on this one, JD? I'm gonna say Flair. I said DDP and Cody Rhodes. It, uh, it's going to be Cody Rhodes. Okay. Uh, John, DDP versus Cody Rhodes. Who do you think? John's going with the young talent. He's going with he's going with he's going with uh, Cody Rhodes here. Uh, let's see right here. Uh, ooh, John's got another one. And of course, with this being the anniversary of a of a particular match, um, John John's actually added a little bit of a twist to this. Interesting here, and and that is uh, Eddie Guerrero versus Brock Lesnar, but this time it said the WWE instead of the WWE Championship being on the line, it is for the Universal Championship. Hmm. Uh, <clears throat> John, who do you pick here between Eddie? And Brock Lesnar for the Universal Title. Hi. So you're going to take Eddie. You're going to take Eddie. Uh, okay. No, I'm going to take Eddie as well. Let's see what John had to say here. This, this is. Yeah, uh, John says this is going to be a tough. This is going to be a toughie. He's going to say Eddie wins without interference, but not without lying, cheating, and stealing. <laughs> not, 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 not too shabby there, John. Not at all. Not too, not too shabby indeed. 
Oh, okay. And and John has a John and uh, let's see. Um, JD, you you we'll, we'll do one more piece here, and I know it's already close to eleven o'clock, but I got to bring up one other thing after we do our last matchups here. So Sorry, John's done. Okay. All right, JD, you go ahead and bring up yours. Hi. Uh, let me think of a good one here. Okay, let's do women. We haven't done the women yet tonight. Let's go with Asuka versus... I'll say Wendy Richter. Wendy Richter versus who? Asuka. Ooh, John's going with Asuka. Who are you going with, J.D.? Okay. I got to say that as well. And for my last one, instead of doing the match, I got to bring this up here. I got to get y'all's opinion about this. Someone did a, a, they're actually now doing um, kind of like, you know, the opinion polls that I do on Facebook all the time. Well, somebody is doing them on YouTube. Or you do them on YouTube now, if I remember. Um, and they're doing like who has basically what these, what, what these particular polls are talking about about who had the best matches in a certain year. And they, they can only list like five superstars. They can only list five superstars per, um, per, per poll here, we'll just say. Uh, and this one right here, this one I actually, I did, I did a little voting on myself, but I wanted to get your, I wanted to get your opinions here. Um, the five choices they have here for 2016 are the revival, AJ Styles, Shinsuke Nakamura, Kevin Owens, and DIY, Gargano and Ciampa together. Basically, is what they're talking about here. Uh, in your opinion, who do you think? Now, JD, I'll ask you this first. Out of these that I just mentioned, the revival, AJ, Nakamura, KO, and DIY. Who do you think had the best? Who do you think had the the best mat best matches in 2016? Ooh, I want to say DIY. Okay, John. Who do you think? Who I just mentioned here? John also believes DIY. Well, believe it or not, here guys, and I and th and this is like I said, they had over. 9,000 people vote on this on YouTube, okay? I'm going to tell you what the results of it so far. I'm sure people are still voting on this now. I'm sure. Um, the Revival got last place with only 3%. Nakamura and KO are tied with 5%. DIY only got 7%. AJ Styles got an overwhelmingly overwhelming 79% of the vote so far. 
of 2016 and they're saying that this was this was this was based this was this was due to of course help this was due to ratings that uh, ratings done by Dave Meltzer of the of Wrestling Observer Newsletter. They're saying that AJ Styles had the best one out of 2000, out of, out of these right here for 2016. Very, very surprising indeed. And let's do, let's just do this last one here that John has before we close up shop here tonight. <coughs> and we'll just do, we'll just do a quick opinion here. A six-man tag team match here. Uh, the NWO Hall Nash and Hogan versus the Wyatt family. John, who do you think will pull the win off here in this? John believes the NWO, JD. Same. I will say the same as well. Uh, gentlemen, and John and John says with that he's gonna go ahead, he's gonna go ahead off here. Uh, so he has I'm sure he has nothing to add tonight. JD, anything else you wish to add, sir, before of course we get into the big weekend here this week. This weekend. Get ready for what should be an action-packed night, hopefully tomorrow night, and then get ready for what should be a gruesome one. I wouldn't say gruesome. A fun one on Sunday. And then Monday, folks, we'll set you up however for Fastlane. We'll talk about the aftermath of what was an exciting chamber, hopefully. And we'll also maybe give you some of our early thoughts for the Academy Awards. You never know. I, I would agree with that. Yes, indeed. There. On that note here, folks, I do want to thank everyone for episode 627 of WWS Revolution. I do want to thank the Iceman, Jared DiGirolamo, and the Human Suplex Machine, John Gross, for joining us here tonight. And plus, also from AWA US History Lives, I definitely want to thank for uh, popping on here tonight, Mr. Matt Han Wells, Miss, uh, I'm hoping that this is a girl, Miss Andy Nodzunas, that's why I pronounce that, also Captain Dave Spieler, also the Empress Anne-Marie Rickenbach, also, Mr. Nick Braun, and also Mr. Ernest Holton Jr. I do want to thank these folks for popping on here, watching our live video feed here tonight for Revolution 627. This Sunday, of course, our prediction show for Elimination Chamber. But before that, of course, tomorrow night we'll have Power Hour at six o'clock, one four one three six four pound, and and Wrestling Championship Challenge one four six five zero seven pound tomorrow night at nine o'clock. Will JD be able to hold on to the ECW USFTW title, or will it, or will by some by some measure the Empress Emery Rickenbach be able to take it away? We will find that out here tomorrow night, ladies and gentlemen, starting at nine o'clock, right here on Talkshoot.com, of course, with the next edition of Wrestling Championship. Challenge. And I got our closing for the for the night. Okay. And before we play that, for the Iceman, Jared DiGirolamo, the Human Suplex Machine, John Gross, as well as all of our guests on AWA US History Lives tonight. This is Mr. WWS Chad Hinshaw saying thank you very much for listening. Revolution episode 627 is a broadcast of the WCWS radio network right here on TalkShoe.com, where we are three years older and continuing to be bolder. Radio network continues to be and will forever remain your wrestling connection. We'll talk to you tomorrow night for Power Hour and Wrestling Championship Challenge. And then on Sunday at 5 o'clock for our prediction show for the Elimination Chamber. And we will find, we'll, and of course, who will grab what belt, ladies and gentlemen, between JD, John, <clears throat> Fonzie, and Bobby, and Michelle. We will find that out there as well after the Elimination Chamber on Sunday. 
This has been the WCWS Radio Network. God bless everyone. And here is the Iceman with our closing. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Not just yet. Hold on. Not yet. Hold on. Okay. What do we see now? Huh? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. You said you're not sure? Oh, my, uh, okay. No, I said here. Here, 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 here's the Iceman with our closing themes, what I said. Okay. Here we go. That sure, secure, confident feeling. Because each sure gives you enough protection to help feel dry all day. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.